You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Sidney Johnson, Bob Usler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. And after a one-week respite, we welcome you back to Open Court with Sidney Johnson and Joe DeSantis. And I'm Bob Usler. This week we're going to cover a few topics. Stags back in class. New semester has begun. We'll ask Coach Johnson how that affects things. Fairfield, of course, is looking at a pair of important home games this week against Siena and Iona. We'll get a former Stags report. A former Stags point guard is in town. We'll also get a, an update on Tyler Nelson. He's been playing well in the G League. And our guest this week is Fairfield assistant Tyson Wheeler. We'll be checking in with Tyson in just a few moments. But, uh, Coach, I refer to the fact that uh, as of uh, right now, today, we're talking to you on this Tuesday, the classes have resumed and a little bit of a alteration now of your schedule. It, it affects how uh, the players now uh, schedule their time and practice time. Talk a little bit about that transition back to semester being underway. Yeah, we've been out of class for a while, you know, um, and gotten to a great rhythm of, you know, a few two-a-days that we sprinkled in, a lot of film work, um, a lot more uh, time to be able to prepare for games, um, a lot of teaching and coaching, uh, just in the same way that they would be, you know, in class, you know, and, and listening to lectures and going to office hours and things like that. We've been able to do a lot of that. Um, so that's been really good, but now we've got to balance it out a bit. So they started classes today and, uh, you know, they'll be in the groove of things and, you know, pretty soon they'll have papers and things to uh, turn in. So we've got to be a little bit more mindful um, and a little bit more uh, efficient, if you will, with uh, with the time that we spend with them basketball-wise. Certainly a big challenge for any uh, college athlete juggling uh, the academics and, of course, uh, the challenges of playing his or her uh, chosen sport. And as far as the Fairfield men's team is concerned, Coach, do you have any uh, academic stars? Who are uh, your really good students on this team? Yeah, I mean, good question. We, you know, we've got the 13 guys. You know, uh, not nine of them are, are over 2.8, um, which is right. You know, 3.0 is the honor roll. We've got five on the honor roll. And, and the standout guys are Jonathan, Matia, and Itis, um, who are, are just kind of crushing it, you know, and really in a great groove, and they're on the dean's list. So they'll, they'll attend a, uh, a nice little event there with the uh, – the president of the university, and obviously a number of faculty and supportive uh, people on campus who are acknowledging all students who are doing a, a great job. And we're, we're proud of John and Matia and Itis to represent the program as, as kind of the, the top tier, say, of uh, our academic guys. What are those uh, three guys in that order, Jonathan, Matia, and Itis, pursuing academically? I, I should know that, but I know the two guys are in the business school, so John and, and Itis are, are uh, following their, their, their business interests. And then uh, Matia... He's in uh, environmental studies, so mm -hmm. it's a really interesting thing. He'll come back, and he'll be telling me about blue whales and all this kind of stuff. And <laughs> I'm like, Matia, free throws, rebounds, charges. Uh, <laughs> so we have a nice little thing going back and forth. But he, Matia's a great young man, and, uh, you know, he, he's he's really funny. So uh, we have some fun, you know, as he'll, he'll kind of give me a little, few snippets here or there. So I, I do that, – that did click with me because we've had some talks over the years. Now, you're the son of a uh, history professor. That's right. Was yeah. that your pursuit at Princeton? It was. It was. Yeah, my dad, uh, my, my brothers and I always joked, uh, uh, 
you know, made fun of my dad behind his back, not not in front of him. He's a looming, <laughs> a large presence. Uh, but that we always joked that we, uh, our, our family car was the bookmobile because my dad <laughs> would have books everywhere in the back seat, in the trunk, all all over the house, and that just kind of made an impression on us. That you know, uh, you know, we watched some TV, but uh, a lot of times he just kind of turn off the TV and he'd say kick us, he'd kick us out of the house to go out and play. So that's where we got our sports and running around or, you know, just go to your room, read a book or, you know, do something with your mind. So um, I, that that presence was there. It was just books and reading and just uh, trying to learn about different things. That always kind of was what I was exposed to as a kid. A lot of discipline goes into the academic side. And, of course, a lot of discipline goes into the basketball side here at Fairfield. Now you're back in the basketball classroom and, Coach, as we all know, there is such a thin margin between wins and losses as you're now back in that basketball classroom, getting ready for these important games against Siena and Iona. What is the um, the margin right now for the Stags? What do you need to work on to get to that positive side of the ledger? I, I You know, I, I think in games there there's some plays to be made um, that, that I think, um, you know, just, just here or there that I think that our guys um, – are, are able to make and sometimes they do and sometimes they don't um you know i have a growth mindset with this group you know and um you, you you look at the rebounding that's improved i think we took a step back a big step back in terms of free throws and three pointers um in our last couple games and that's something that's been strong um but then you rebound well and and, and you limit your turnovers we had eight turnovers uh, on the road against against quinnipiac but you know if if you come up short from the free throw line or from the three-point line, um, things that have been pretty strong for you, um, then then that's that that margin of error. So I think it's just it's kind of continuing to crank away at at being a, a very good team and and being sound offensively and defensively. Um, I, the, the the effort has been outstanding. Um, some guys have been in in great form. Some guys are still trying to get. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of mid-season form. Omar and Wasser for guys who stick out who have been playing, practicing really, really well the last couple of days. Um, so it's, it's, it's there, but it's really just trying to put it all together. Um, and the thing that comforts me with this group is the approach that they have in the locker room uh, and on the practice floor. Um, and then the understanding of like what we're telling them. It was really, guys, I'll just be honest, it was really, really hard and challenging coaching early on because there's so much that these guys didn't know um we're talking about you know four first year guys um and i'm putting landon in there because he's you know first year to division one and then even our sophomores playing a more prominent role now we have a shared language and we've learned from different games good bad and different and different so um we're all talking the same language and that just has us be more of a cohesive group but um then we just got to make those plays when the, when the opportunity presents itself. You know, uh, Coach, um, Bob and I, um, how do I say this without offending anybody, our doors are wide open. Okay, we do the games, we hang around, people come by. And I'm not trying to paint a picture like there's negativity, but there once in a while there's a, someone who wonders why somebody doesn't play and why is this guy – and I just listening to you talk about Wasif and this guy playing well in practice, people don't understand. You have to make a lot of your decisions based on how people practice. Yeah. They, they, yeah. I will never doubt a coach 
in terms of who they play when they play them because I see you guys once a week, twice a week, playing in games. And so I just wanted to throw that out there. It just, it, I, I, didn't, I had no intention of saying that I was, as I was coming in preparing for this, but you mentioned that people just don't get it. You, you, it's your job with your staff to make decisions based on what you see. And just because you lose a game or people make the wrong decision, it, it's easy for someone who doesn't know to say, well, why isn't he playing this guy? Right. So you don't have to comment on that. But my point is, I do want to say that when I look at your team, and you mentioned some of the issues, um, you're 2-5 and five in a conference. And the way things are shaping out now, all your losses against the top five teams in the league. Right. right okay? Right. Riders 5-0, and oh, they were picked number one. Okay, Iona, you can never doubt Iona because they're bringing in 22-year-old juniors, 25-year-old seniors. They bring in transfers. Everybody was killing Monmouth. And I have a buddy who's a big Monmouth fan. He comes every year. He's uh, a Mount St. Michael. played in my league, blah, blah, okay. blah. And, uh, and uh, he, they were 0-12, and he would say, Joe, boy, Monmouth, King Rice. You know, I said, look. Wait till they get to league play. And I said to him after our game, I want to see what Monmouth does against Iona. That's going to be a telltale side if they're for real. They're 5-2. and two. Right. So that's – you guys didn't play well from no. beginning to end, okay? I'm not going to sugarcoat that. And that's fair. I, that was the one game that I felt I was very, very disappointed with um, – just on both sides of the ball. That was right. one game that I wanted back in terms of our effort. Yeah. Um, but there, there are a whole lot of games that 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 the effort has been great and keep going because you, you, yeah. you, you, it's almost like you're in our <laughs> in yeah. our coaches. Well, you know, because uh, you get it. You've been yeah. through it. You've yeah, been through yeah it. I, I've been through it. I, I have a good friend, and she's the uh, women's coach at LIU. They're one in this year. Okay. And I did the game yesterday, Battle of Brooklyn, and I watched most of their game. Uh, before the broadcast, my men's broadcast, yep. and I just left her a message. I've been there as an assistant, as a head coach. You just got to keep coaching. Anyway, so Canisius is um, four and two. They're in the top five, and Quinnipiac. Right. Now, I did not do the Quinnipiac game, but that Quinnipiac game from I, – I was on um, 80-degree weather on the beach at Marco <laughs> Island listening to Bob and John Cummins' call on my little phone, which I figured out finally had. You know, I heard flip phones are coming back. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. They are. I'll see. They are. Um, (laughs) Anyway, you know, they went to the line 24 times. You went to the line eight times, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, I I didn't see the game. I know Cameron Young. I know Rich Kelly. But there's a a constant thing, Coach. These guards that are out playing your guards, I'm generalizing, they're all bigger, stronger, and older. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would say one thing that one thing that's really really important to keep in mind, and I I, I think I think you guys will appreciate this is, um, you know, Jerome and Tyler were really good for us. I yeah. just I just can't. I I mean, and that doesn't. We're not looking backwards. We're we you know I'm looking at Wheeler, who's been here for years, and and Mitch and and Tom have been terrific with our staff. There was a lot of work and getting Tyler and Jerome to a certain level. And it was, man, was it worth it. And we'll talk about Jerome a little bit later, who was in our gym the other day. It, it, was, it was fantastic. And they got to a point where junior, senior year, where it was, don't get me wrong, we were still coaching and trying to get some other guys. But they could do a whole lot for us, guys. They could make a whole lot of plays. They could figure things out um, between media, te- media timeouts. They, they got us practicing the way we needed to. 
basketball IQ was, you know, they had been through it. Um, and so I, I guess what I'm saying is that the impact of those two guys, they were, they were on the all-tournament team um, in the MAC tournament last year. So they were among the two best guards in the league, all right? Um, the impact that they had on our team was so huge, and um, it took time to get them there. And I think when I'm looking at, you know, the Neftalis, the Kelvins, uh, the Landons, the Felixes, um, and even my sophomore class, I'm like the heavy lifting that's going on is worth it. Um, but sometimes it comes from facing, you know, a junior college guy here or there or Stevie Jordan, I think is a tremendous player who played, he's played so many minutes and has been effective here in his junior year. He's a good player. And there's a lot, a lot of them. Ricky McGill from Iona, good, good players. Um, I, I, we're going to get there with these guys, and they've already made strides, but it's, it's the process. It's the journey. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to make a statement, and I don't want you to comment. I think sometimes the expectations around here are a little bit too high, okay, based on uh, our opponents in our conference. Uh, you know, you got to the championship game last year. You win that game, everything's peachy keen. Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. I think the expectations are a little too high. I think people – who and you can't you can't you can't knock them for the 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 um, the passion they have. I've seen them since I played here. But the bottom line here, I think they're. Um, I believe that there are some winnable games left in the conference. I don't know if you're going to make a run. It's ironic. Um, after you got blown out last year at Canisius, you went on a seven straight uh, winning streak right to the to the championship. Right. So um, I I. I uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm saying. I just, I, I, it's just you're in a tough stretch, you know. And like I said, and I brought up my friend at LIU. We've all been through it. It's not an easy profession. So you got to stick with it, get these guys better, and I guess that's why we're going to bring in uh, Tyson. Absolutely. It, it works well with what you were just talking about, Coach. Uh, last year, Jerome Segura, Tyler Nelson, part of this team, and one of the reasons that both of those players had successful college careers is because of uh, one of your assistant coaches who we'll bring in now, Tyson Wheeler. And before we get into your role on this team with specifically the guards, Coach, um, You've been around the program for a while, and some people may not realize how long. So give us a little bit of your capsule of Fairfield history, how you arrived at Fairfield, and how you got here, who brought you in. Thank you very much, Bob. Um, well, my, when I was done playing, about 2009, uh, Ed Cooley was here, and he was a former Dobo when I was a junior at Rhode Island. And he came by my house and said, Tyson, I have a job opening for you. Would you love to come work for me? I said, sure. I'm done playing. I need to have a job. So I came here and worked for him for two years. And then he eventually went to Providence. Um, and I was fortunate to have uh, Coach Johnson come in and keep me as an assistant so I could finally get on the road and start recruiting and also get on the floor and start working with the guys on the court. Yeah, so uh, it was Ed Cooley. He brought you in. And Coach Johnson, what was it that you saw in Tyson Wheeler that made you say, you know, I want this guy to stay here. I want him to be part of my staff. Um, a couple of things. First, I knew about Tyson. He's a, a tremendous player at Rhode Island. Um, I, I put a lot of stock. I have a world of respect for, for Joe just because of how good it, he was as a player in addition to, you know, his coaching career. I, I think that that just informs you so much, all right, having gone through it and done it at a high level. And that's how I looked at Tyson. I just – I respected him so much for what he did at Rhode Island, um, and I knew that he had a very good and, and fruitful career overseas and, and uh, some time in the NBA. So I knew he knew the game. 
Um, then he knew the guys, you know, and a number of the guys uh, were recruited by Ed um, and were, you know, there were a number of returning guys. And I felt like there, it would be nice to have some consistency there with the staff. Um, I trusted what I was bringing to it and, and the uh, staff that was going to come here. But I thought that Tyson would be a nice bridge between, um, you know, the former staff and then the uh, current staff uh, being led by me. So those two things. And then Tyson, what I found out in a very short amount of time, uh, and I'll embarrass him a little bit, but just Tyson's got a really good way about him where um, the way that he relates to people just in general, um, and it certainly carries on to the floor, is he, he's able to tell you things honestly without driving you into the ground, you know, and, and players today, you know, it's a it's it's not old school. Let's just say that, you know, for the most part, coaching, which is cool. Um, but you still got to be honest with dudes, you, you know, like great players want to be told the truth so they can take that and move on. And Tyson's as good as any person I've been around. I'm not just make, saying that to make him feel good. I really, I really think he's really, really good at connecting with players and letting them know what they need to know. But it's so empowering them, but also letting them know it in a way where it's like, yo, you got to fix this, dog, so that, that we can move forward. Um, and I, I figured that out in a short amount of time. I think those are the three things that really jumped out at me right away. Tyson's a Connecticut guy. Um, I happen to have a lot of friends in southeastern Connecticut, around the New London area, who, when I bring up your name, often they bring up your name to me, knowing of my association <laughs> yeah. with Fairfield, a legend at New London High School, and as you already mentioned, uh, outstanding player at uh, Rhode Island, almost made it to the Final Four that year. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, you excelled despite being, you know, five foot ten. You made it to the NBA. Oh, four, five foot what? Five foot, <laughs> five foot ten is the is the listed height. Where are we Definitely going with that? Five foot nine and three quarters. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to, you know, bring up the point that you have great, great, you know, guard skills, and now you hope to translate that into coaching these guys up. And we just Definitely. mentioned a couple of guys among many you've had success with here at Fairfield. Talk about some of the players now that you're trying to develop and the different challenges and the potential of uh, this current group of guards at Fairfield that you work with. Thank you very much. Well, with this group of guards, um, you know, I try to look at the game differently. Um, you know, I watch a lot of film. I watch a lot of other players. And what I try to show these guys is I'll see a similar player and some of our guys that are maybe in the NBA. And I try to, you know, focus on trying to get them to be like those guys. Obviously, they're not NBA players right now or overseas guys, but I think just showing the little parts of the game to be thinking about the game, movements, how to get you know a teammate open if you're a point guard, um, how to get off get off a screen to get a shot off, you know, different type of uh, pin downs, stagger screens for like landing. Say say I'll show them some Ray Allen stuff, you know, just so those guys can focus on that because sometimes when you're talking to these guys and just telling them they don't understand it they have to actually visualize it so that's what i try to do and focus on when i'm out there coaching do you have a show landon film of the guy that played here last year tyler Nelson, he was yes. terrific yeah without the ball mm -hmm. definitely yeah so yeah, it's a combination I, of all those guys yeah. Coach yeah. johnson does as well i do yeah yeah you know tyler's an easy one for me i i, I kind of we kind of mix and match so um tyson's really good with um grabbing some of the nba stuff and some of the other college guys um, I like to uh, pull on some of the, uh, honestly, the Fairfield players that have come through the program. Um, so I like to use a lot of the film uh, from our former teams. And, I, and that kind of combination, uh, sometimes the NBA stuff and some of these other college guys or European, you know, that's a fresh look. 
and then uh but it's also good to uh see guys doing it in a fairfield uniform as well so that that combination's worked pretty well for us i put you on the spot here tyson call this like a lightning round <laughs> uh, let's go really quickly down the list of fairfield guards and you give me um their strengths the things you want them to work on and the upside so let's talk about neftali and itis and felix and and Landon and Taj, you know, bang, bang, bang. Give us those quick capsules on those guys and what you do with them. Okay, so Neftali, I think he's a very good guard in transition. He pushes the ball very well. Um, he can get to the basket and finish. Um, and things that I think he needs to work on is, is finding guys, get him open looks so he can still create and get to the basket. I think now teams are focusing on just trying to stop him, and he has to do a better job of finding guys. So I think that's something he needs to work on. He's a freshman, um, so he, he has a learning um, curve. He needs to obviously get better at that. Um, defensively, I think he's very good. He can get after the ball. He can pick you up full court. Um, but he gets in foul trouble sometimes, and he gets himself out of position. So, you know, just working on those things, showing him film to get better at that will help him out in the future. Why, why do you think – I'm sorry. Why do you think he has a problem not finding people? I think right now he's more focused on trying to score and trying to help the team win that way. Um, and he has to focus on both things, um, you know, getting to the basket and helping the team score, but also – when teams are collapsed on him to find the open guy. Do you think he plays too fast? At some point, yes, he does. I mean, my freshman year, we were 7-20, and 20, and I had multiple games of 10 say, turnovers. Say that again, Coach Wheeler. 7-20 <laughs> <laughs> my freshman year. We went to the Elite Eight my senior year. Yep. So it's a learning curve. You Absolutely. Know? He's, yep. he's, he gets out of control, and he just knows how to play at one speed. And he's gotten better at it, but he obviously he needs to improve. Let, let me – I'm allowed to talk, right? That's why I'm here? Yeah, I, just, I, I don't <laughs> want to get off track with the other no, guards. No, we're not, we're not getting off track, <laughs> okay. but I think Alvarez is somebody that has a potential to be really good, so he deserves most of the time. Yeah. The Euro step has, a, has been a substitute for the pull-up jumper, and that mm -hmm. sucks. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's old school. And jump stuff. Because instead of trying to slow down with balanced feet and make the right play – these guys are trying to slice through bigger dudes, and they can't. Yeah, definitely. And uh, playing against guys in high school, he was able to do that. Right. So now he just has to learn to right. jump stop. You know, Derek Needham was the same way. Derek yeah. Needham turned the ball over a lot. He got out of control, and he didn't find guys. Yeah. Now he's really good at it. Yeah. Just making a lot of money. Next he, guy. You know, but and let me jump in on yeah. that if you don't mind, because <laughs> no, because Derek. I'm I'm really glad you said that. Um, the thing that I loved about Derek, his leadership was off the charts. We we could spend the whole podcast. I I, Wheels knows this. I was really hard on Derek in terms of balancing his game, and using his left hand. He was a right-handed, uh, strong-handed, dominant player. He'd go right, 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 and 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 kill you. And left, he would just kind of take a couple dribbles and maybe pick it up and look to find. And I said I said Derek, you know, to be a pro. All right, you're not, they're not just going to run plays one direction. Guys are going to break down film and all this stuff. Derek Needham, his senior year, after practices, after shoot-arounds, and I would be on him, and I, I didn't sugarcoat it. He would, on his own, he would take the ball and dribble around the periphery of the, the court All right, two or three times after every practice and shoot-around with his left hand, game speed. To the point now, if you pull up, he's starring in Monaco, the French League. It's one of the best teams over there. Um, and if you pull up any highlights of him now, he is making people dance. All right? He's inside out, pulling it back to his left, pushing through underhand scoop shots, lefty. So he really embraced that skill work. We've had some other guys do that. Neftali will and has. He's really open to coaching. 
he's going to get there. Um, so it's fair to talk about his strengths and talk about his weaknesses, but understand what what is on the other side of that stuff once once that coaching kind of yep. settles in. Talent plus work ethic uh, it's, adds it's, up to well, Derek can't what beat Derek it. Needham's doing now can't beat what Derek did here and what he continues to do. Yep. Itis, a much different kind of point guard than Neftali. Again, right. the pluses and the minuses and where he's going. Right, I think with Itis, he's a he's a coach on the floor. You know, he gets guys to calm down, make sure guys are in the right spot. And he gets guys easy looks. And lots of times with our guys, you know, with Neftali out there, they don't get the easy looks that they should. Itis comes out there, settles the team down, and makes sure these guys get easy. Like John gets easy dunks when nobody's around him. Uh, Landon comes off, Felix comes off, Calvin comes off, wide open for jump shots. So he calms the team down, and he makes sure these guys are under control. Um, I would like to see him, and we're working on his jump shot. He needs to make because teams are starting to go under him because he passes the ball so well. So, you know, working on his jump shot. And defensively, I think he gets after. He's pretty strong, and he gets after the other guards. Um, and taking care of the ball, not turning over as much, is also something else he needs to work on. Felix. I would categorize Felix, Landon, and Calvin in the same, you know, all together, bunch them together, because I think all three of them play similar. They can move without the ball. They need to be better at that. Catching and shooting is something they're pretty strong at right now. But I think moving without the ball and continuing to move to get open is something they all need to work on. Um, with Felix, he can play a little bit of point guard. He needs to work on his ball handling skills a little bit and um, getting guys open. But he can shoot the ball when he's wide open. So those those three guys right there, I think they're young. They're freshman and sophomore, and Landon's his first year here as a junior, junior college kid. So I know people expect our guys to be great right away. They expect us to go to the championship every single year. Um, but we do have eight out of the nine, eleven guys are freshmen and sophomore um, that didn't play a lot last year or weren't playing at all. So you know it's a growing process. Um, Got to give us time, and the guys are working. I think we've we've been in a lot of games where we lost by three points or less, and you didn't expect that. You didn't expect that this year with such a young group, and we're really out there battling. I think you know it's little things that's going to come to help us to win games. Well, more guys, Taj Bennett. Taj Bennett, I think defensively he can get after he's a bigger guard um he needs to work on his shot and he needs to work on getting guys involved um getting guys open looks like itis does um, but i think he's very he could be very aggressive he can get to the basket and defensively he can change the game for us so he has to continue to do that you know my guy here joe uh, when we come mm. up to certain dates during the year anniversary dates for joe he uh, he never forgets uh like if we play a game on the day you had your game against Holy Cross, that uh, that famous game at Alumni Hall. You always recall it uh, fondly and accurately. And Tyson, we're getting close to February 8th, 1999. Yep. When I say Feb 8, 1999, <laughs> what does that date mean to you? Oh, I don't know. Is it Feb February 9th, maybe? Yeah, I have them. You know, according to my box scores, the 8th. You're correcting me, oh, so you've got well, to be. Well, I say February 9th because that's when my daughter was born. But February 8th was probably the game that I hit a shot. Is that Houston Rockets. <laughs> Let me get back to what you just said. February 9th is my daughter's birthday. Ninth, okay. Birthday, yeah. what, what year was she born? 1999. So you played, according to my notes. Yep, the day before. The day before. And she was born the next day. I think that's great that he thought about his daughter's birth before he talked about He his. just earned some big-time points <laughs> back at the crib. But that was yep. the day you made your appearance, your lone appearance for the yep. Denver Nuggets. I guess um, the Houston Rockets. In the yep. NBA and uh, set an NBA record that can never be broken. Yeah. Took one shot. Made it a uh, a three pointer, yep. and they uh, lost to the Rockets. Um, 
I read about that game. Do you recall uh, how you made Hakeem Olajuwon laugh from the uh, the Houston Rockets bench in that game? Well, uh, you know, growing up in New London, I played at New London High School, and um, I averaged about 32 points a game my senior year. And so every time I would score, the announcer wouldn't say my name. He would say Tyson Wheeler or Wheeler for three. He would always say something different. So after that, I would always, when I shoot, I would always say Wheeler. And even when I didn't know it was going to go or not, I would always say my name. So, you know, we're playing against Houston Rockets. Uh, my college roommate and teammate, Katino Mobley, was on the floor with me. Uh, I remember getting fouled and going to the foul line. And my first shot, I shot it so hard because I was so nervous and threw it off the backboard. And Cal was like, calm down, man, calm down. <laughs> and so, you know, I was like, all right, I, I made the next one. And then, you know, I only played a few minutes, so I was going to get a shot off. Um, I was right in front of the Houston Rocket bench. The ball came to me, and I shot it, and I said, Wheeler. And I looked back, and it went in, and Hakeem Olajuwon started laughing. Charles Barkley was on the bench, and Scottie Pippen. So three Hall of Fame guys <laughs> right uh, behind me while I was shooting right. three saying my name. So that's why he was laughing. <laughs> you know what? That is uh, that is a memorable moment. You hit yep. a three, and you made one of the greatest players <laughs> in yeah. NBA history yep. laugh. And, you know, we talk about your one game in the NBA, but like Coach Johnson, you had a – a great career overseas, yeah. and it's something I'm sure uh, the memories are just endless as far as the number of countries you were able yeah. to visit and the definitely. number of relationships you were able to make during that career. Oh, definitely, definitely. I played over in over 22 countries, you know, playing home and away games. Um, you know, just like Coach Johnson, he had a great career as well. Um, it's a great experience. You know, you have that dream of trying to get to the NBA. Um, so, you know, I was, you know, going back and forth trying to make it to the NBA, but, you know, I had a great time. I met a lot of people overseas. I learned a lot of different languages to order food, obviously. <laughs> um, but it was a great experience, and I wouldn't take it away. It helps a lot with recruiting, too. I'll yep. just be honest with you. you obviously, you're, you're trying to uh, empower these guys and develop them, coach them up. Ultimately, they want to play in the league. If they can't make it to the NBA, maybe they make it to the G League like Tyler, and they're one step away. If they can't make it to there, they can make it to a, a high level overseas. And having played over there, and understand the bump and grind and the two-a-days and the mentality of the coaches, what they want from their players, um, you know, the style of play, all those things, and the professionalism that it demands. Um, knowing that, having gone through that, having that expectation and pressure put on you as a player to be able to pass that along to uh, young guys now, it really, really helps with recruiting um, because we have a lot of guys who want a great degree, but before they put that to work, they they want to play ball. They want to play it for, for money and, uh, you know, kind of have the game take them places. So it, it really helps in that regard. In a moment, we'll wrap things up by talking about a couple of those former Fairfield guards and what they're up to. But you both are free to jump in here as we ask you about resetting and getting going for the rest of this week with a couple of uh, home games against Siena and Iona. I know you're concentrating right now on Siena. If you want to touch about uh, touch on Iona and talk about the things that you want to make happen differently this time around against them. Feel free as well. But specifically, Siena coming up on Thursday night at Webster Bank Arena. What are the keys for Fairfield to get back on track here? I, I think you know they they obviously they shoot the ball well. Their their three pointer three point makes are like ours. We're, we're shooting a better percentage, um, but they they've made some threes. Um, you know, their point guard's playing really well. He's, he's a high assist guy and a low turnover guy, so we have to be mindful of him. Um, and, you know, and they're, they're going to look to spread you out a bit and, and try to create some advantages going downhill or, or getting three-point looks. 
uh, that's them uh, in a nutshell with really good coaching. You know, Jamie on done a really good job this year. For us, I, I really think it's about keeping things locked in on us, um, being really focused on, you know, being the best version of us. So it's like, you know, again, low turnovers, um, winning the defensive rebounding battle, taking the charges that we need. I do think we need to reward ourselves a bit more offensively in terms of making shots and when we get to the free throw line, making those. But uh, basketball is a simple game. It really is a simple game. You come up with all these Venn diagrams at the end of the day. You know, you got to get loose balls. You got to take charges. You got to get rebounds. You got to make your free throws. Um, you know, you got to make, make open shots. Those are the things that we're really locked in on. And then our energy. That's the one thing I say. Our energy has to be great. It was not good against Monmouth. I haven't seen that team um, other than Monmouth. I've seen great energy from a, going back to Iona. How we played them, how we played Ryder, how we played Niagara, how we played St. Peter's. So we want to make sure we bottle that up. All right, let's talk about those two guards. One of them's Tyler Nelson, who has been playing well lately in, in the G League uh, for Greensboro. And Jerome Segura is in town. And you've already referred to the fact that he was at practice yesterday. We saw him at the game the other day. Must be always uh, nice to have one of the guys come back and uh, – rejoined the program, and I'm sure he had something to add yesterday. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be quick about Tyler and Jerome, and I'll let Tyson get the last words. But, you know, Tyler is, you know, when, when they play him, uh, he plays fantastic. So three games ago they gave him about 25 minutes, and he, and he uh, dropped 21 points, and he's shooting the ball really well from the three-point line. He's still at about 40% from the uh, three-point line and 80% uh, from the free throw line. Um he doesn't always get a, a ton of time because they've got three guys on the team who have two-way contracts. So anytime they come down, they get you know kind of the bulk of minutes with the G League, and then they'll get bumped back up um, because they've done well. But when Tyler gets his time, um, he plays really well. He's representing us so well. He's at eight points um, and, and is really, really efficient. With Jerome, it was just great. I, I mean, every game for the last two years um, – when he would go out on the court, I would tell him I love him um, because I just – everything that he gave to the program was just – it was amazing. And I have to tell you, the way he practiced, uh, whether he was playing, whether he was not playing, um, the way he led, the way he carried himself as a human being, he's like someone that, I, you know, I want to tell my kids about as they get older, and he's someone that I just I, – I admire him. So for him to come to us, um, you know, watch our game the other day, come to practice, support the guys. He had some great words for them afterwards in terms of believing in them and having them believe in themselves to make the plays that are necessary. But he is always going to have a home as far as I'm here. Um, and I think for many, many years he's, he just represents Fairfield so much. But yeah. Wheels had a great relationship with both of them as well. Yep, you know, Tyler's doing a great job. You know, he's a very confident kid. Um, I, I knew he would do really well. Um, his dream is, to, like mine, was to play in the NBA, and I think, you know, he's in a great position um, to show his talents. You know, a lot of people didn't think he could play at that level, and every time he gets on the court, he's so confident in his game that it just shines, and he plays very, very well. Uh, with Jerome, great kid. You know, I recruited him um, from the first time I met him, yes, sir, no, sir, and he was like that through his whole four years here. Um, he's a very another kid that's very confident in himself. Um, he's a great kid, um, loves his teammates, and that's what we try to show these guys. You know, he comes back and gives these guys confidence. And I think that's the biggest thing with the young group that we do have, you know, hearing guys that have gone through it, talk to them and say, you know, stick with it. You know, I don't know if Jerome and Tyler believed right away that we would get to the championship their freshman year. 
you know, and they stuck with it. We had pieces that left, new guys come in, and they always stayed the same. Worked hard every day in practice and, and believed in our coaching staff and believed in our teammates, and we got to the championship. So hopefully we can do that again. Joe, I know you saw Jerome after the game the other day against Kinesis. I know he's one of your personal favorites during your time here as a broadcaster. Well, it's funny, Bob. We're broadcasting the game, and the, the camera was scanning through the crowd, and I right. saw it on the monitor, and I said, that's Segura. So I texted him. I said, are you here? He goes, yes, I am. So I told uh, our producer, Carlton, um, in the truck, I said, Segura's here. He's under the rider's side. Could you get him on TV so we could talk about him? And that's easier said than done. But, yeah, he's just I, I just appreciate what he did. You know, he hung in there. He went through injuries. He's got back issues. Um, I don't think he got enough credit from people as to, uh, again, it's not easy being a four-year player at a good academic school carrying the bulk of the load academically and, and, you know, being a point guard, you know, being a point guard, defending the other team's best player, trying to set everybody up, understanding the system. And, um, and uh, so I just, you know, I had, you know, I, I don't know, somewhere along the line I extended my hand to him, he accepted, and we became buddies. So uh, it was good to see him. The last thing I'd say, you know, in addition to like high character off the charts with him, he, he is – Ninth all-time in assists in the in, in the pro- program's yeah. history. So it's not like he's just a nice kid who couldn't right. hoop. I mean, he could he could play. Um, and that uh, that all-tournament uh, uh, honor at the end of the season uh, for his senior year just says a whole lot about who he was. It just all kind of came together. And the way he handled the transition from uh, being the lead guard, and then Idis Kavalowskis comes into the program. Idis gets the starting nod. You couldn't have asked for a guy who handled something that transition with more class. And then, of course, his moment came in the uh, the MAC tournament, as you said, where he excelled. Just a, a great guy. Typical of uh, just about all the players that come to this program. Coaches, too. Coach Wheeler, it's uh, great having you. Appreciate by. you. Uh, we'll yeah. have to do it again before Definitely. before the podcast <laughs> this season run out. Coach, always always a pleasure. Good My luck pleasure. this week. Against Thanks a Sienna lot. And Iona. Joe, we'll see you on the air on Thursday in Bridgeport. You got it. You've been listening to Open Court with Sidney Johnson, Joe DeSantis. I'm Bob Eastler. Next week, we will recap those MAC games against Siena and Iona and get you ready for games that Fairfield will be playing against Manhattan on the road and back home against Marist. This has been Open Court. Thanks for listening. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.